creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. Friday, June 7, 2018, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studios, our producer on the ones and twos, my brother, Chandler Strang. Hello. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. Joining us from Nashville, Tennessee, author, speaker, and podcaster, Annie F. Downs. Good morning, Jess. And also joining us from Nashville, our contributing editor, Tyler Huckabee. Hello, everyone. Oh, good. <laughs> if, if I'm still caught, testing it out. I'm still, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm, I'm just getting a feel for it. If you caught uh, Wednesday's episode, Tyler joined us for that as well and opened with a strong Gomer Pyle uh, kind of <laughs> southern draw. Howdy, howdy, y'all. Wait, what? <laughs> I can't do it anymore. I can't do it now. I'm on the, pr- I'm feeling pressured. And it's not what we sound like up here at all. Yeah. Well, he's from Nebraska. <laughs> I know it's not like he, he that's not what happens when you move to Nashville you don't gain a twang in your language you should you should or you don't belong <laughs> you, should, you when don't you, belong we, like when you get your new license you should get that as well or your new like I, I went I went to when I lived in Nashville I went to the Cracker Barrel in Hermitage right and I oh, and, yeah. they, and they said oh, there's a 20 minute wait you can put your name down I said yeah and they said what's your name I said Strang and she wrote down S-T-R-I-N-G <laughs> <laughs> and then did, did she offer you a glass of gravy while you wait? Here you go. <laughs> I was just out playing checkers the whole time. Wow! Where did you go? Golf tea, that little golf tea uh, triangle game. Oh, it's, yeah, a, it's the the brain oh. twister or whatever they call them. <laughs> hey, <laughs> camera! I I'm excited for a lot of things in today's show, but especially our upcoming listener of the week because for one person. Uh, the stakes are extremely high that this person is funny today. We have... <laughs> That's true. Have, yeah, okay. <laughs> Behind the scenes, Jesse, every week, has since we've been doing this for a couple months now, Jesse's been the one pulling the listener of the week. And we've mm-hmm. enjoyed every guest that's come on. But the behind-the-scenes conversations have been, Jesse, like, why did you pick that person did you see this one, this mm-hmm. one, this one, this one, this one? They seen like these some epic stories that like I think are, what caught your yeah. eye about that one? He's like, it's just the pressure of it. I don't want to do it anymore. We have a new <laughs> member of our team. His name is Mark Jackson. He's our he new He was per- hired just for this job. He's he's our new production <laughs> manager and he's overseeing the production of our audio and video content. So he's sitting in quietly behind the scenes right now. And Jesse delegated to Mark saying, Prove it. Show us what you got. You're picking the listener of the week. So Mark Mark, uh, I see you have a mic there. We need to hear from you real quick. <laughs> what are we in for? Don't give it away, but like, how confident are you that this is going to be the best listener of the week segment ever? And are you willing to actually wager me a significant amount of money on that? <laughs> <laughs> we need to raise the stakes here. Uh, you know what? I, I, um, I'm really confident. I'm I'm a hundred percent sure that this is going to be the best one that I've ever offered to you guys. Is it your wife? <laughs> it's not my wife. Oh. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we have a great show for you today. Coming up later, Social Club Misfits joins us. They are in our. They were in our studio. They recorded an incredible performance. We have a conversation with them. Social Club Misfits is coming up later. Also, you know, new format. This is the episode. The Friday show is where we do slices, and we have our listener of the week. So it's going to be a packed hour. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. 
Yeah, yeah. I like this, I like Social Club a lot. I'm excited. I'm excited for this one too, just because I they're one of the few bands who I feel like I didn't really know anything about before I interviewed them for Relevant, actually. And uh, in researching them, became a huge fan, and then in interviewing them, became an even bigger fan because they're just awesome, dude. They're yeah. like legit. I mean, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, and they're talent. They're hyper talented. So yeah. Yeah, they, their story. I mean, I, I you, you know, I, you've heard them on you if you've read their features because we've covered them in the mag. Uh, you know, even recently, a couple issues back. Um, like you know, one of them has actually been to prison and has had a really harrowing, you know, story and just how really? they how yeah. they came together to make music, how they, uh, you know, their worldview was kind of shaped. They're just yeah, they're a great act, but also the other thing too is like their lyrics are super thoughtful, like uh, and. I love their music. Like their music. Cameron, weren't you at like a barber shop recently and somebody was talking about yeah. them? Um, yeah, my, my, my barber, Ricky, he's an atheist and he loves hip hop and stuff. And, and we've, I've been going to him for years and we always talk basketball and hip hop. That's all we talk about. Yeah. And, wow. and, and he always wants to like, you know, be the guy who tells me about the new one, the new, the, the next, you know, next big thing or whatever. And he goes, this is about a year ago and their last social clubs album had just come out. And he goes, dude, I was listening to this one group and, um, it's like, I, I, it's great. It's like kind of trap and really good stuff. I can't remember the name, but I was listening to like, I was like on my fifth listen and I realized like it was clean. Like I was like, uh, there was no profanity. It was weird. So I went hmm. and looked and he goes, am I listening to Christian hip hop? Like, and he looked and he goes, <laughs> I figured you would know him. Uh, it's like social club. I go, yeah, social club misfits, dude. I know yeah. those guys. And he's like, man, they're legit. And he was like, my atheist barber just was digging the music. Didn't even realize that they were quote unquote Christian hip hop until then he started listening to lyrics. And he's like, man, these guys are like, like legit. So I, um, when they were in town, I, uh, uh, Marty hit, hit up, uh, one of our friends. He's like, Hey, you got a barber in town that I, I could, you know, could recommend. <laughs> I was like, actually, I know that's a guy. A, that's what you yeah. but <laughs> really nice guys too. Dude, super yeah, nice. Yeah. And you know, the, the, you mentioned his, uh, their story. I, a Fern grew up a preacher's kid and one of my good friends grew up with them in Miami and, and he made some bad choices and got caught up in drugs and stuff and did, and he went to jail. And in that process, like kind of jailhouse religion fell on his knees, gave his life to the Lord and came out. And this, you know, it's not easy being huh. a prominent preacher's kid in Miami. And you were kind of the black sheep of the family. And, yeah. and you have that story and he came and he, I mean, he has been serving yeah. the Lord and I mean, it's just really amazing to see what's happened with his life over the last decade. And it's, it's just awesome. They're, they're great guys. They're humble. They're working hard. They're, they're doing it the right way. I mean, they're playing, they're playing, they're just on the road, you know, they have families yeah. and stuff, but they're sacrificing to do this thing. I I'm, I'm a big fan and they make great yeah. music. Very funny too. Atheist, well, I mean, and atheist barbers love them. Are they yeah. funny as humans? Yeah. They're, they're funny guys for sure. Yeah. yeah they're just oh, good. They're that always makes me happy. cracking jokes the whole time that yeah. we were doing the recording. It was, it was well, the, the other thing, I mean, oh, they were great. recently on the breakfast club and I feel like that sort oh, of, right. You know, to to a certain degree, I feel like the Breakfast Club is has a gatekeeper type of element to it. You know, where if you get the invite on there, you're legit. Yeah. You know, it they certainly don't just is starting to, isn't it? It seems like the Breakfast Club is is becoming okay. Well, when you're when you're there, 
That's that says that puts a stamp on yep. you that sticks. Yep. Yeah. And and In a good also way. relevant podcast. I think so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. I That's think right. so. Exactly. That's pretty Those well accepted at this point. Yeah. It's yeah. uh, We we've been beefing. We've been beefing with Charlemagne and the crew pretty hard uh, lately. Um, I said some very nasty things about all of them. It's personally. been it's been disgusting. <laughs> I, I wrote a diss track that I showed Jesse, and he said, "You cannot release this. It'll destroy Charlemagne. It'll, it'll, it'll just destroy him." So. We have a podcast beef back and forth with them. I like it. I didn't, yeah. Again, yeah. my opportunity to be Sandra Bullock. This feels very Ocean's Eleven. I'm so into this. The only yeah. beef we've ever had was with uh, Toby Mac with DC Talk. We yeah. had a public not, beef. That can't with, be the only beef we've ever had. It, it's the only one. It was 2004 to 2007. It was the only beef that I know of. Oh, I've yeah. Well, I, I've kept them away from you, Cam. But I'll be honest. I have used my my relevant email address for some heinous things. Just <laughs> criminal. We had to the the beef finally got squashed when uh, Toby's label made him call me to uh, have a truce. And Wash I remember it. I remember my phone ringing and it was a six one five number. And I was like, I I am not answering this, you know. And and I listened to the voicemail and it goes, no lie, yo yo yo. Yo, Cam, this is Toby Mac. It's Toby Mac. Yo, why you got my label's panties up in a wad, yo? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. No, he didn't. You, uh, you can't. No. Toby is who you think he is. 100%. And I have, I gave the phone to somebody else and they heard it too. So, and it went on from there. Why but, didn't you wow. save that message? I, well, yeah. I no longer own that phone or else I would have. I mean, have, you should have put it on another device. It's one of those things you just don't get rid of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, mo- uh, moving the show along. It's time for <laughs> slices. All right. What do you have, Jesse? All right. So, you know, I, I, the reason I kind of want to talk about this story is because it was somewhat refreshing to hear about such a more innocent political scandal that didn't involve <laughs> like, you know, uh, subpoenas and, uh, and, and Russia and all these things. Uh, something that honestly just kind of made me laugh. And it involves the Argentina, Argentinian cultural minister. Um, he say, had say, to say, issue. Say, say that again. One more time. Argentinian. Argentinian. The Argentinian culture minister, which I I don't know what our equivalent of that is. Like, we don't have like a a secretary of pop culture. Kanye. Yeah, it's an unelected And we're the worst off for it. Yeah. (laughs) Though that would be interesting if we did have a uh, a secretary of pop culture. I don't know what they would do, but uh, evidently there, this is a a, lot of Spotify playlists, a lot, just a lot of Spotify playlists. Uh, tweet tweets a lot of uh, Netflix recommendations. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. A lot of playlists. So uh, he had to issue an apology because he was at an art exhibit uh, recently, and one of the things that was on display there was a giant red velvet cake uh, made by uh, uh, I guess a somewhat famous art duo, Pool and. Marilina, uh, I guess they're based out of LA. Argentinian. Argentinian. Yeah, Argentinian. There we go. Uh, they made a large (laughs) red velvet cake of, uh, it was life size of Jesus. And it was red velvet cake. And, 
Um, the reason the culture minister got in trouble is because he ate a piece of the cake. <laughs> he was caught on video eating a piece of the arm of the red velvet cake that looked like Jesus. Um, so the people weren't mad at the duo. They were mad at him. And he's, there's like this grainy YouTube video of him taking a bite, looking at the artist is like, hmm, this is actually is pretty good. Like, so people were very, Argentina is a very Catholic country. And so this is like a major faux pas. Um, so he released a statement that he said he regrets the discomfort that many people uh, um, that he's caused to feel. But he says he's in favor of artistic expression and he doesn't really feel like he did anything uh, wrong eating this piece of red velvet cake. Um, the artists themselves, they, they explained that it wasn't the cake wasn't meant to be sacrilegious. They said it was, uh, you know, part of this exhibit that looks at religion through the eyes of children. And they released a statement that says, uh, you know, the cake represents the body. Body and the blood of Christ in their own way, like that children see it, like eating cake and drinking chocolate. It's weird. It's weird. It's weird. I don't know that the I buy it. The picture of the cake is so weird. Girl, the picture of the cake is super, super weird. Uh, it's awful. But I love it that this is the biggest political scandal in Argentina right now. Like, this is what people are buzzing about. It's just so refreshing that it's literally over a, 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 a cake Jesus. I mean, you know? there were revolts about you can eat cake. I mean, there's revolutions about cake, you know? Oh, I mean, it's, it's true. It's true. It's, it's, you throw a little religion in there and it's, it's you're getting really dicey. You're playing with a lot yeah. of people's feelings about things they care a lot about, God and cake. Back in yeah. 2008 right. when Cake Box Cake Boss was a big thing, there was a um a bakery locally that did those, you know, that like, you know, did those life like yeah. whatever. And mm-hmm. I was on my ex-wife's birthday. I was in, in Rwanda. And so I wasn't going to be here. And so she had this Lhasa Apso dog that she loved. And I contacted this bakery to do a very special cake for her birthday while I was gone. A, a life-size <laughs> cake of the Lhasa Apso dog. Okay. And I had to take uh, the like... What dog? What word are you saying before you say dog? Lhasa Apso. It's kind of like a Shih Tzu. I mean, yeah. it's a okay. Lhasa Apso. Okay. It's, uh, I was like, I've just never heard that word before. They're from Tibet. Um, they're little, they're, 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 they're picture of Shih Tzu. I mean, so, oh, bougie. Okay. okay. So, so I contact the bakery. I have to take like 20 pictures of the dog from different <laughs> angles, all this kind of stuff It's life size now. So this is the, you know, and then on her birthday, it was delivered. I'm in Rwanda. Okay. And so, you know, I get a text or a picture of like, oh, this is amazing, whatever. I didn't think about the process of having to then slice up your beloved dog and eat it. That's I mean, have problem. you never seen steel magnolias? That's what happens. They have an uh, armadillo cake that they cut open. It's red velvet. No, I have not seen steel magnolias, first of all. But you no, know, and my major regret is that I got, uh, you know, thinking about it, like, this is sick, but it's hilarious. I should have made it red velvet cake because yeah. when you cut it open, it would have... exactly. Oh, yeah. but this is kind of on the baker because <laughs> there's no need to make man. it so lifelike. Like, I, I saw online a baker who uh, had made one for a baby shower and it was a, 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 a baby cake. And no! it looked... It looked that's, like that's a human just, baby that, and it yes. looks so lifelike, which yeah. is like when everyone like brings it, when you bring it out of the shower, everyone's like, oh my gosh, it's so adorable. That's a cake. I can't believe it, it looks like a real human baby. Then it's like, which one of you sickos is going to sit here and cut the cake? That was uh, the thing. That, <laughs> which one of you dog, psychopaths? This dog looked exactly like the dog. I mean, that's that was what I'm shocking. Saying. It's yeah. too lifelike. Yeah, it was too it's lifelike. too lifelike. Yeah. I should have gotten a sheet cake, you know, with just like one of those inkjet picture. picture on top of it, you know? Because 
because like, like if I if I am an artist, you know, and it's like any other form of art, it's okay for me to depict Jesus, right? Like or whatever. Like if I'm a sculptor, yeah. have at it. Go if I it. if I do stained glass, if I paint, whatever, if you draw. Unless you're a baker, this is a horrible idea. <laughs> because one of you guys is going to take a knife to our Lord, and that's not a good look, you know, as, as the Argentinian cultural minister has found out. Unless you have, like, a Roman friend or something. Yeah. yeah he, Cameron, he, he please let me slice centurion. next because... Yeah, a centurion friend. Cameron, please let me slice next because it dovetails so beautifully. All right, Annie, what do you have? What do I have? What a great question. Speaking of steel magnolias and an armadillo cake, uh, one of the stars of steel magnolias is my dear friend, Dolly Parton. And so today I bring you a slice about wait, wait, wait. lovely. Wait, wait, wait. I, back up, back up, back up. Are you dear actually friends? Friend? No, no, no. I'm just speaking it oh. into reality. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay thank that you. was the slice. The slice is that you guys are yeah, friends. Yeah, that was That's the slice. I'm news. real life friends with Dolly. No, no, no. She is on my license plate. But and Tyler, I'm really sorry I stole this slice from you. I hey, know hey, that it was what you were going to bring to. Hey, can can I can I just I know you said Dolly Parton's on your license plate, which I think is yeah. great. I'm assuming they have those at the he uh, uh, at the DMV there in yeah. Tennessee. That's I was right. at the DMV the other day here, and I was getting I was like renewing license plates for me and my wife, you know, and they had like custom ones, and I was standing in line and I had nothing to do so I was just like staring at the custom license plate and one of them had like really not great drawings of horses just across it was just a white license plate with horses and it just says horse lover on the bottom of it and it was it was the oh only one that gosh. was five bucks all the rest were like like they couldn't get rid of these horse lovers and I was like I, you have no idea how much it took, and it took all of my willpower not to get that <laughs> license plate and put it on my wife's car. Yeah, and like it took so much willpower, knowing that's going to be on there for a year. Like legally, that has to stay on for a year. It took every ounce of willpower that I had not to do it. Oh, I mean, one of the things I'm looking for in a husband is a man who will give me a funny license plate, and when I get home, I'm surprised by what was on there. Because so, it's or, funny. Or, it's it's funny until she has oh, to go to like a business meeting or something. And they're like, oh, horse lover here. Everywhere yeah. I go. Okay, listen. So Dolly, do y'all know? Y'all do know. I'm sure all of you. She does Christmas movies about songs of hers and, and that kind of stuff. And I'm happy to bring how, to you How would slice. we know that? How would we know that? It's common knowledge. Millions of people <laughs> where do, have where, watched Where do these cri- yearly Christmas movies air? Like, I don't. On NBC. It's an NBC television movie. It's called Dolly Parton's Christmas of Many Colors, colon, Circle of Love. That was the most recent. I'm in. All right. (laughs) Are they just adding things in there? Like, like colon, Circle of Love. Is that necessary? It's already of Christmas of Many Colors. Right. You would think. I I think there's two of them, and I think the first one had a different colon name. (laughs) Colon Horse Lover. Right. <laughs> I'm I'm excited to tell y'all that now Dolly has partnered with Netflix and will be doing an eight part miniseries and each show is about a different song of hers. It's gonna be like the background storytelling of each of her songs. And I'll tell you that I am really looking forward to it. Working nine to five is one of my very favorite songs. So I hope they don't do I Will Always Love You because I'm not like that song's been overplayed. But but but, but how would you work a nine to five an entire episode? It's like, well what's this song about? Well, you know, the thing is when I was working, I would usually get there at nine. <laughs> usually <laughs> got out I, yeah, around, around five. five. I don't take a lunch, so I just I work straight through. I work nine to five. 
And they're yeah. like, well, what, what else you got? We got, we got, we got, another, we got another 42 minutes to fill right. here. Right. right. <laughs> I think they're just going to build yeah. a story around the song and give us eight it's, episodes. You know, it's, it's a way to make a living, you know? Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's my thing with like the the eight, the the docu the Netflix like docu series and miniseries and stuff. They're all like three episodes too long. That my, my after four, if you can't tell me a story about something that happened in four episodes, it's too long. Even it's like too, the true the true crime ones you're talking about. Song Jesse. Yeah, it's, she's doing a serialized thing. Each one's about a different song. That's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still too long. I have the patience for four Dolly Parton songs. Not, not you do. Eight. You have that well, much if patience. I, if I had oh. the patience, like let's say it was like Johnny Cash or someone who yeah. I like ha- cared more about. No, no, no shade on Dolly. I just didn't grow up with such a, so much Dolly. shade on Dolly. It, but, was, but I wouldn't even. I don't think I would watch eight episodes of that. Like it's too. It's like the Wild Wild Country. That didn't need to be. That that could have been four. Or, or the what's the one? Uh, the Errol Morris uh, like spy one. Did you guys see that? Um, oh, uh, tell me. Uh, it, it's the one about the the guy who worked for the CIA who um, got involved in what was evidently their mind control program that they got rid of MK Ultra back in the seventies, and he died under very mysterious circumstances. So this document, famous documentarian Errol Morris, Argentinian, Argentinian, yeah, goes on this Argentine. investigation to see if he was like, uh, you know, this was actually a murder by the CIA that got covered up. I was in like oh. great premise, great premise. Yeah. Four episodes in, I'm like, dude, I'm done. Wrap it up. My patience is over. <laughs> yeah. My patience Evil is genius, over. I'm just going to go away Wikipedia and read thing. what happened. That's it. Evil I don't care anymore. Thing. Evil genius, same thing. It's, it's, it's like it's good, good, but it it's good. It's really on. good. Yeah. You could have cut it yeah. down by three episodes. That's right. Yeah. All that to say, we are all going to watch all eight episodes of Dolly because it's going to be an American history lesson. It's going to okay. be the best. I have a question for Cameron and Tyler. If you had to watch an eight episode <laughs> miniseries based on the songs of one artist, who would that artist yeah. be? This is good. This is good. That's- I like it. Uh, Dolly, probably. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I support. I like to support. I'm. I'm not a like. I, I think Dolly's got some great music. Uh, she's obviously like a big deal here around Nashville. She's given away ten million. Ten million books. This woman has given away to kids in need. She's an American icon. Ten if million supporting books. Y'all. What she, if supporting what she does means watching a Netflix show about her songs, you know what? That's a price I'm willing to pay. Who who, who would be? you choose, Cameron? Uh, Migos. No, I don't know. I have no oh idea. That would be an Migo. insane it would be insane. I know, literally. I was thinking like big, you know, I was thinking like you two. Like no, no, no. no. Honestly, what I would watch, Migos. I actually would watch that. Dude, I, I would, would watch it too. Because it would be, every episode would be the most insane thing you've ever entered yeah, sure. sure. your eyeballs. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what would you? you watch, Jesse? What, what, who would you want to see? I don't know. That, I mean, that. I someone I mean question. I would probably go for I would honestly I'd probably watch like a Jay Z one I think that'd be pretty interesting uh, or like Bob Dylan or somebody that's just like you know iconic just because you know all their music and it'd be really interesting to kind of get standalone things about it it, it, it would have to be someone extremely interesting for it to be an artist that I don't listen to, to want to even watch something like yeah. that. Yeah. We're also talking yeah. about the songs having sort of a natural storyline in them, right? So somebody like Bruce Springsteen, who most of their songs are stories already, right. kind of lends themselves right. to yeah, yeah, yeah. to it a little better than somebody right. like you two, who's, who are iconic artists, but there's not a lot of plot. But I, I mean, where the streets have no name or, or Sunday Bloody Sunday. That's or true. Something That's like true. That. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I would watch that. That would be yeah. that would be I'm fascinating. I'm not a YouTube fan. Is that okay? 
Am I still going to be allowed to show yeah, up here? I'm not either. I wouldn't watch that. There's okay, the, the eras, you know, and yeah. everybody has their yeah. own era. I, I, I prefer obviously Joshua Tree and in, in the in the mid '80s era. Yeah. I, I feel like the 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 time, the power, the the spiritual vulnerability of that content was powerful to me. I, yeah. I I didn't grow up on like rock or anything like that. I listened to more urban music, and but Joshua Tree was a very pivotal album for me. It was yeah iconic. Yeah, every song on that album is incredible. All right, uh, what do you have, Tyler? Uh, so, uh, this is, uh, I would, I'm interested in for everybody's opinions on this, uh, but for reasons that'll become well, obvious, you Andy, right place, particularly buddy, like cause. your take on this. Um, so it was announced this morning that, uh, the Miss America pageant is going to be getting rid of the swimsuit portion of its pageant. They announced this via a video they put out on Twitter and Instagram that featured sort of a weirdly seductive video of a bikini disappearing in like smoke, like end of infinity war type kind of fading away and a hashtag <laughs> bye bye bikini. And they're going to be replacing it with a live interactive session with the judges and the contestants in which the Miss America uh, contestants will quote, highlight her achievements and goals in life and how she will use her talents, passion, and ambition to perform the job of Miss America. Um, okay, I have some opinions on this, but before we get into it, I just kind of want to know, I, I think Annie especially, because I don't want to overstep my bounds. Annie, what do you, what do we feel about this? Well, did you see the quote that's been going around from the chairwoman of, of the organization? She said, no. we're not going to judge you by your outer beauty. That's what mm-hmm. she, That was the quote. We're, we're eliminating this women's competition mm-hmm. because we're not going to judge you by your outer beauty. Mm-hmm. I, okay. I, I'm, okay. I mean, I think that that seems admirable to me to to make it not just about, you know, appearance. But I might I think the other thing they need to change the talent portion of the show to say the talent <laughs> cannot be related to music. And because all of them are songs, all of them are singing. I want to see unicycles. I want to see juggling. I want to see close up magic. Howie Mandel is is one of the judges. Simon is the other judge. And we just call it America's Got Talent. And it cannot be, it cannot be dance and it cannot be singing and it cannot be an instrument. It's got to be like real. I want to see them like join the Jabberwockies. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what I want. But even that's music related. That's a dance thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're you right. know, like I'm talking. <laughs> the talent has to be next level. Annie, what are your thoughts on the whole Miss, Miss America thing? Yeah, I mean, I think if we want to crown, for starters, the whole basis of the thing kind of makes you go, let them be in swimsuits. Like it's a beauty pageant. Okay. Like, but if that's kind of what I feel. Deep- yeah. All right. I don't interrupt. Go ahead. Well, I I would just say the deeper thing is if you want to crown someone as the best woman in America, then we need to know about her spiritual, emotional and physical health. Like that's is it someone who is pursuing health all around as a person? And so I don't think we need to see someone in swimsuits to make that decision. I think we can. I think what we ask them and how they present themselves will tell us those things if we're going to take it that seriously. But no one's taking it that seriously. But that's I mean. If they asked me to create the pageant, that's what I'm looking for is someone who is pursuing health in every area of their life. And feats of mm-hmm. strength. Yeah. And, and who, absolutely singing. ridiculous feats of strength. Who is willing to pull a, an innocent person out of the audience, blindfold them, put an <laughs> apple on their head, and throw a dart into that apple while also blindfolded? That's the woman that I that is the true miss. That's American Tyler, right there. Tyler, what's your thought on it? Well, I, I agree with you. I feel like removing the swimsuit port, it's like, it's like putting a band aid 
on the problem. It's like, oh, exactly. we're not going to judge them based on their what their tummies anymore, which is a, right. a, I guess, admirable, like sort of passingly admirable. But it is still the whole idea is we're still ranking women. We're still like lining women up next to each other, having them compete against each other. And it, you can say that we're not going to judge them based on their outer appearance anymore. But forgive me for not thinking that just removing one portion involving swimsuits is going to be the big fix to the the main problem with the Miss America beauty pageant, which like you said, I mean, it is is literally a beauty pageant. Well, I mean, haven't they, haven't they tried to, I mean, back in the day they called it that, but I think now they're calling them like scholarship pageants, right? They're not calling them beauty pageants anymore. It's Mm. just, Pageants. It feels like I mean, you need to tear it down and build it yeah, up. Right. If you want to do something like the Miss America pageant uh, that doesn't actually demean, involve like demeaning and degrading women, you need to start from you need to start from ground zero instead of just adding yeah. these little tweaks here and there that doesn't change the essence of what it actually is. Right. The only way, Annie, I can see in a in a competition setting that you can judge someone's mental, emotional, and physical health is yes. like what they do on Survivor. And each of them have to stand on a pole and the whole <laughs> night is them and it's last woman standing is Miss America. Because it takes physical strength, takes physical yeah. health. Yeah. It definitely takes mental. And yeah. while they're trying to talk each other down, that's when the emotions come out. It's not to yeah. like yeah. hour four or five where yeah. things start getting emotional. Like when radio but, stations used to put cars in the mall and right. people had to put their hands on it and yeah. whoever lasted the longest Precisely. Right. It's a very boring pageant up until the last hours. That's the new but Miss America. It would, it, that's the only way to gauge this fairly. So you're seeing 50 contestants standing on poles. How tall are the poles? I'm theater of the mind here. I'm trying to get picture it. I would say about four <laughs> feet, uh, not a dangerous height. So that when so, they, so they literally down, fall off, like they, they, they jump down when yeah, they, they, they jump okay. down. There's an, uh, there's some element of visual suspense. I mean, you know, they're, they're four <laughs> feet off the ground on reasonably wide poles. Okay. Yeah. Uh, David Blaine style. Okay. Right. Right. And I mean, and by this standard, David Blaine is Mr. America every year because he would beat anyone. <laughs> but the competition starts and he just, and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a woman from every state. And like you said, Annie, this is measuring their physical, mental, and emotional strength. And yeah. there's yeah, no, right. there's no commentary and no music. It's long and silent and very difficult to watch. It's, it's a horrible TV experience, but, uh, that's the only fair Tell way. Tell me why there is a, Miss America pageant and there's not a Mr. America pageant. Thank you. Well, we could we just call you. that American Ninja Warrior. <laughs> uh, but, but there's women in yeah, that. There's women in that. Well, yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a perfect like one-to-one metaphor but i just think that's an interesting i've, I've literally never thought about it until now that like their their desire to make it less about a beauty pageant and more about a human scholarship pageant would lead me to wonder why men can't compete i mean they have like world's strongest man do they have world's strongest well woman? i mean and i think yeah, professional sports probably. professional sports you know that's where america you know idolizes and objectifies men based on certain attributes not their holistic yeah. you know personhood right. but point. like my my physical strength or athletic ability uh, gives me you know adulation and i think mm-hmm. w- w- in that circuit the women based on their outward appearance and their poise and whatever get adulation i mean it's objectification on both sides or, or not looking at the holistic look at who the person is, you know, I mean, yeah. society is just built that way. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it is what it is. 
Yeah, the poll thing would solve all of it, though. That's that's what I think. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Jesse. (laughs) Jesse, your ability to come up with ideas that will save the world is unending, and I'm grateful for it. Well, I mean, there's an opening for a cultural attaché in in the government. I think you could become the director of cultural affairs or something. That's right. I should be the secretary of culture, and my act one is canceling all pageants of any kind, and it's just poll standing. It's just standing. (laughs) In fact, most major decisions. Are they in evening gowns? when they're on the polls or are they in like athletic wear? It's whatever they want. It's whatever okay. they want. Whatever okay. they feel like will, will help them. I would, you know, a lot of civil disputes too, I would allow to be uh, decided by who can stand on the poll the longest. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it's, it solves a lot of society's problem. I don't know why the Secretary of Culture would be involved in those, but yeah. I see myself becoming more of an overlord of things eventually because they see how good <laughs> my ideas are. Hey, Tyler, can you come up with some sort of superhero cape for Jesse? Overlord of America. I think he needs to be in the Avengers and now. Tyler, he has to I have like, the power like to Overlord. pardon himself, but he never would. He never would. <laughs> oh, my gosh. To know. oh my gosh. You have to know I could. I <laughs> never would, but I could. I might need to. I probably will. Okay. Things are only really good. But I never would. But I can. <laughs> I just making it clear. If I say it on Twitter. <laughs> It's decreed. I can. Probably will. You cracked yourself up. I can. We're on the same page. It's been. It's not been deleted. Okay, you had a chance. You had a chance. I can pardon. We decided. America's spoken. I wouldn't, but I can. All right. Stay tuned. Up next, Social Club Misfits joins us. You're listening to Jack River. The song is Limo Song. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Weezer with their version of Toto's Africa. I don't know how I feel about it. Jesse is in heaven right now. <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by Squarespace. Whether you need a landing page, a beautiful gallery, a professional blog, or an online store, it's all included with your Squarespace website. Creating a site with Squarespace is a simple, intuitive process. You can add and arrange your content and features with the click of a mouse. They also make adding a domain to your site simple. If you sign up for a year, you'll receive a custom domain included for free. You can design a best-in-class online store with Squarespace's award-winning templates, customizable settings, and more, all without a single plugin, including all the tools you need to track inventory, process orders, and send custom emails in one intuitive interface. Squarespace Commerce allows you to understand every aspect of your business. And right now, they are offering Relevant Podcast listeners a special deal. You can go to squarespace.com slash relevant for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code relevant to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace, build it beautiful. Actually, they, they didn't put a tagline this time. I just remembered that that was an old one. <laughs> yeah, so like nice that. of you. It works. <laughs> Social Club Misfits are a hip-hop duo from Miami. Now, on their latest album, Into the Night... Fern and Marty open up about their faith, 
their struggles and personal stories in trap-fueled songs that helped it to become a crossover success, debuting at number two on the iTunes hip-hop album charts. The guys recently stopped by the Relevant Studios to perform an exclusive mix of several songs from their new album. Here is Social Club Misfits. Let's do it. Cuando yo te conocí, uh -huh. pero tú me conociste más antes que yo nací. Okay. Uh, me protegiste ni supe que estaba ahí. Uh. Recibíame esta canción, cada letra es para ti. Uh. You asked me to trust you, I took a leap of faith. Fe, fe. Te amo con todo, I never seen your face. Fe. Sé que te rompió el corazón como un millón de veces. Perdóname. Sin hablar la vía meses, soy el que no te merece. Uh. Muchas gracias, sin tu gracia te había perdido. Ahora cuando me llamas, respondo, soy tu hijo. And I've been in the desert, the dark. Yeah. You never left me alone, I could always feel your heart. Always. Pen has always been perfect, I just had a play my part. Always wanted to use me. I just had to let you start. Let's go. Eres mi aire para respirar. Desde principio hasta terminar. Solo, solo, solo. Remember when we used to kick it? Yeah, yeah. You was screaming, gang. You was misfit. Woo. Now, now you showing late like you can't show up. Don't know how to pray. Let those hands go up. Uh. Now you feeling low like you can't go up. Old to the faith and you can't grow up. But look at what he did for me. I know he could do the same, Anthony. Remember when we used to sit in the front? Now you dodging calls, doing what you want. I know you living wrong. And you messing up, but his arms open saying, hurry up. Your story's not done, it's just setting up. And all the things that he did, conmigo. I know he could do the same, contigo. Yeah, just take my advice, me amigo. All you gotta do is say C and you'll never be. This song right here is called Say Goodbye. DJ Pez on the turntables. Yeah. Hey, mom. Yo. I love her, and I can never leave her lonely. Ring, ring on the iPhone, it was my homie. He told me, you can make it out to LA, and you find a place to stay. We can make a little press. So, so what, what you thinking? thinking? Think that sound like a plan? Never buy spirit when you hopping on a plane. Man, all I need is one chance, like Biggie, to make it. And if I do, I'll bring my whole city with me. Man, Man. I heard you talking crazy on the group text. Whoa. I guess every crew needs a Judas. Whoa. I wanna keep the peace like a Buddhist, but if you cross that line, I'll put you into a suplex. Hey, hey, you supposed to be a Christian? Uh huh. I am some on your business. Oh boy. Oof. I'm trying to be the best me, so if you see me race at home, it's 'cause I got someone to see. I still feel 
feel like I'm 18, literally. Uh, no pains in my knees, no shakes in my hands, and the words I can see them so vividly. So to me, I approach the game differently. Safe to say that the game's made history. Life was the price, yes, Christ paid his for me. So I'm quickly reminded of what this could be. What if the words we utter could change history? I feel like Carmen in 89 kept my old shirts. I gotta give him the fear of God. Wait, I rap for him off the platform. Take my time, I don't rhyme normal. Hold up, but here's for them days you felt hopeless. For them nights that you said you wasn't satisfied. I know it sound like I'm going off a checklist. I'm just trying to say it all before I say goodbye. Yeah, yeah. Social Club Misfits into the night, available everywhere. Everywhere. Should pick it up. Come on, set them up. We love you, relevant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Social Club Misfits. Stay tuned up next. We talk to the guys. Light of the world. It's the name we were given. Can't get away from the vision. We are cities on a hill. In a blackout. We will illuminate the dark. They won't escape the We will give our you're listening to Stephanie Gretzinger. The song is Blackout. Great album. Well, when the guys came through the studio, we uh, when artists come through, we like to have them perform. We videoed it. If you want to watch the videos of that performance that you just heard, uh, check out the relevant YouTube channel. We posted it on the podcast episode page as well and on the site. You can find it everywhere. It's phenomenal. Go check it out. Um, we also talked to the guys and we um, wanted to share a few minutes of that conversation with you. We actually talked for like 45 minutes. It was, fa- it was fascinating. And probably that content will show up in other ways and other platforms as we move forward. But we wanted to bring a few minutes of it here on the podcast. Here is a part of our conversation with Social Club Misfits. I was listening to the album earlier today and just uh, reliving how unique your sound is. Like there's uh, this guy, he says that in the music industry, you you can play the game that everybody else is playing, but if you do, you've got to be the best there is at it. Or you can be interesting. You can create your own lane. And I feel like that's what you guys are doing. Would you agree with that? I agree with the second statement. And I also agree that we're one of the best to do it. So I- <laughs> I like both. I like the I like the cut of your jib, sir. Yeah, I, you know what? I think about like you know me and Fern. We have different stories. You know, like we like some stuff about us. Like we actually were supposed to end this tour in London, um, but we couldn't because we couldn't get visas cleared because wow. of because of the past and things that have happened. So we actually have a real story with a real testimony, and we have a real grace story. So I feel like what really does separate us is who we are as as men of God. You know, and and we. We serve an awesome God and we're all about proclaiming that. But I feel like for this particular project, the big piece of it was not only proclaiming it, but like living it out. And like, what does it look like practically, like in a practical way? And so I really feel like this tour, everything about it has been aimed to help uh, a misfit who is a part of this journey that we're on to serve God in a real way and not in a weird way. Like, you don't have to release the snakes to, to be, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Things get weird sometimes. We're just like, listen, at the end of the day, like if God's called you to do something, let's just do it. 
and let's change the world. I really am convinced that there's a new generation that can change the world. You mentioned uh, this is for misfits and also mentioning your stories. And I wonder if there's a connection there, you know, like you, this is for misfits. What, yeah, we the, are what the misfits. I mean, yeah. that's just really who we are. I mean, we, our band name is social. It was originally social club. It still is. Um, but we added misfits later on um, because we really felt like it was a part of who we are. You know, we are, we're two people that we love God. We're all for uh, local church. We're all for things that seem to be frowned upon, especially in this industry. Even in the Christian industry, there people are ashamed of church, you know. And I don't know why. Maybe because we we got. I mean, I, I received. I had my encounter with God a little bit differently, and I've only known like great pastors and stuff like that. Like, you know, we go to VU in Miami. And so we're a part of a really awesome local church. But sometimes I hear um, other people talk about God and stuff. It's almost like they're ashamed of it. And I'm like, I don't, I, I guess I'm not serving the same God you are. And it's almost like marriage. I'll give you an example. Like I, I talked to people, I just got married uh, two years ago. I just celebrated my second year anniversary. But I remember talking to people about marriage and I would talk to certain people and they'd be like, oh, it's, it's, it's tough, man. You know, like, and I'm like, okay. Then I would talk to Fern and friends like they might have a bad marriage. And so I think to myself, you know, when I talk about God, I I am so free because I I know what I, I've been through and I know what Fern's been through. And like, we don't just, this is not an act. Like we actually live this story of redemption and it's possible for other people to to live that story as well. And so when we talk to God or talk about God, we, I feel like sometimes we come from a different perspective than other people. And we just want to encourage misfits and people to be who God's called them to be and not who the world says they should be. I want to ask you a little bit more about what you said, uh, that it seems like some people are ashamed, even in the Christian music industry. You know, what, what's, what's that about? I think think they just make it weird. And I think that, I think to be, if I'm being a hundred percent honest and, um, I just think that, um, it's really easy to play the motions. It's really easy to, to talk about God. It's really hard to spend some time with him. And, um, you know, we were just on a tour with some of our favorite people. We were with Bethel and Zach Williams and Matthew West and King of Country. And it was so refreshing to be on people who love God genuinely. Like, it's not an act. And um, I want, I mean, I would encourage this whole industry and I feel like we're going to be industry leaders and that's going to happen. And I, I want us to get to a point where, you know, when artists look at us, they're like, wow, that's a good reflection of somebody who loves God and uh, represents him well. And this is not an act. It's not about, you know, shunning the world and putting your fingers in your ears and saying, you know, this is us versus them. It, it should never be that. You know, like that just sounds weird to me, even doing that. Like as misfits, we are light. We are light because we've had an encounter with the light of Jesus Christ. So wherever we go, like we don't run away from darkness. We run to it. And I just think it's time for a new generation that displays that. And I feel like there's a bunch of great pastors. You know, you have Judah Smith, Rich Wilkerson, Carl Lentz, and they're leading the pack, Chad Beach, Chris Durso, guys that that we love, that are leading the pack. And they're saying, you know, I'm a Christian. This is who I am. And, uh, you know, we could we could still be a part of the culture while changing it at the same time. From underground to a sold out crowd. The fans could never say that we're selling out. Never compromise or take the safest route. You can't duplicate the sound. I got to fake out. Uh, still making hits on Garage Band. They said I wouldn't last with this God thing. Yeah, I guess that's what happens when you see me on stage, homie. That's not practice. That was Social Club Misfits. Stay tuned up next. Our listener of the week. I'm treading water as I beat to death. Oh, 
listening to Father John Misty. The song is Hang Out at the Gallows. Okay, it's time for... You listen to the show, and it's time to get to know you. It's the Listener of the Week. Now, we have taken the reins of the Listener of the Week selection away from Jesse Carey. Unbelievable. He couldn't handle it. <laughs> Me and Mark stood on poles for... I lasted... <laughs> Mark has incredible leg stamina. It was oh, shocking. Yeah. It was four days. Up. It was very... four days. We were standing on poles, and we wow. lost an extra minute. But... Mark won. So Mark, Mark has uh, selected Sarah Cranston. And before we bring her on, let me tell you the three facts that she sent us that caught Mark's eye. Here it is. Number one: I once hit a man with my car and didn't get a ticket, and my insurance went down the next quarter. <laughs> oh. Number two. Wow. I once finished a marathon barefoot while the announcer called me a profane name. Number three. Cameron, that, may be, that may be your future with that race. Number three. <laughs> I once served tea to Kevin Costner, even though he won't admit it. Okay. Welcome <gasps> to the Relevant wow. Podcast, Sarah wow. Cranston. Sarah. Hi. How's it going? Where, uh, where are you calling us from? I live in Athens, Georgia, and I'm calling you from the back room of the specialty running shoe store where I work. Oh. And I have so many things I want to say to you, Cameron, about your knees, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold back. My, <laughs> I, my left ankle is jacked up. I limp. I can't run. I haven't been able to run in a week. My, my left ankle oh is my a mess. Oh my gosh, Cameron, it's swollen, we got to talk about this later. I have to go to the doctor. It's bad. Oh I understand. It's bad. I, well, anyway, yep. I'm going to, um, you do you. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's her way of saying no it's not so you're saying i need to go i need to go get custom i need to go to a store like yours i need to go get yeah yeah really really fit right i first of all honestly maybe maybe not that's not the thing the thing is that you are gonna get like impact and overuse injuries that happens and you got to be really proactive about recovery and i just i how wanted do, do, you to wear how do you recover? compression i do on, like Sarah. kt tape i know i know a lot of people think it's it doesn't do anything, but I actually do like the K-Tape. Yeah, I, I used it. It works. I, I even texted Jesse. I was like, dude, this stuff works. This yeah, is for yeah. real. Yeah. Uh, nobody told me how painful removing the tape would be. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, it's yikes, supposed to stay yikes, on yikes. for a few days. You can shower with that stuff I, on I did. Stuff. I left it on for four days and it okay. really adhered yeah. to the leg hair. And, uh, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Sarah, are there any are there any kind of shoe technologies that you know uh, haven't made it to market yet that kind of <laughs> reimagine what the human body is capable of? I'm assuming a spring loaded or like a you know right like you know uh, okay you know the like the prosthetic blades that some runners have that no longer oh, yeah, have like really springy blades yeah is yeah. there like is there one for people that do have both legs that you could put on the bottom of the shoe to kind of <laughs> I'm just wondering I do you're in the field you're in the field I'm just curious I mean I bet that Mizuno has something like that in the works <laughs> I'm sure it's out there uh, no not that I know of what's the best shoe company Running Brooks. shoe. Brooks. There Brooks. you go. Oh, right. interesting. That's a hot take. Saying, 100%. I don't even pass. That is a hot take. I thought you were going to say British Knights. Okay. Or, no. or some, LA Gear. Yeah, LA okay. Gear. Yeah. The little lights for safety. <laughs> oh, my the gosh. Safest LA shoe, the safest shoe You know, the, the, the woman who was an American who came in first in the Boston Marathon this year was a Brooks runner. She was wearing Brooks shoes and gear. Like, they're super excited about it. She's got Brooks all over herself. The, the, the lady who won the New York City Marathon was wearing Nikes. Oh, there you go. Oh, then so. that must mean my Nike is the best running shoe company. Sarah, the real important question I have for you is, did you attend the University of Georgia? 
No, I didn't. No, no, no. I've only lived here for like three years. We lived in St. Louis before this and in Oklahoma most of my life. What brought you to Athens, Georgia? My husband's job. Yeah, he's got a super interesting, he's a statistician for the Department of Agriculture. Mm. And whether or not this gets left in, he does want Jesse to know that he also one time fell off of a bunk bed (gasps) onto a guy uh, at camp one year and he collapsed the guy's lung. I mean, the guy <laughs> fell, and that could have happened to him. I don't know. I mean, he, we're w- still looking for him. Yeah, w- we're, yeah, we need. I will probably need to get him on. We, I mean, him and I can compare notes. But he collapsed the right. guy's lung. What if it was yeah. the same guy? <laughs> right? I know. Where is to, even it's possible because he's from up north. He's from upstate New York. All right, let's get into the three facts. What oh, yeah. is the story behind hitting a guy and your insurance going down? Ah, right. It's okay. <laughs> you have to remember that you're on my team here. But <laughs> I <laughs> used to be a bartender in St. Louis, which means that I like was driving really late at night. Often okay. I would come home at two, three in the morning. So it's the middle of the night and I'm driving home and I was trying to read a sign. <laughs> That's did a longer a, did story. Did it have a Anyways. cheesy joke on it? Cause I've, I've, always said those are a hazard. (laughs) So anyway, I was reading this sign and I heard pathunk on my side mirror. Mm. And uh, I'm a terrible enough driver. This happens often enough that I kind of went, huh, wonder what that was. And I looked around and I just, you guys, I drove home even. Mm. Um, So then five, 10 minutes later, the police are at my house. (gasps) Oh, Oh, wow. And I'm like, I know that it's always you're you're going to suspect everybody who's out at this time of night is drunk. So I was just letting this officer question me and I was answering him. Oh, yeah, this is how I drive home. That's the route I take. And he just kept looking at me. He's like, is there anything you want to tell me? And I was like, there really isn't. And eventually I even copped a little bit of an attitude with him. I was like, is there something illegal about me being outside of my house in the middle of the night? And I heard him on his walkie talkie go, where would the damage on the vehicle be? And I went, oh, that. Yeah, I did. I hit something. I'm so sorry. Was it important? I didn't even think about it. I'm sorry. And he goes, you hit a man. Oh, no. Oh, Oh, my gosh. It was the worst. I immediately, like, I mean, I cried the rest of the night. Um, But we're going to cut to this guy who rides around on his motorized beach cruiser bicycle in the middle of the night with no lights and no reflective gear. And the cops have told him multiple times, like, you're going to get hit, man. There's no shoulder here. Get off the road. (laughs) Oh, Uh, my gosh. So you deliver, you delivered a little cold, hard justice is what I'm hearing. (laughs) (laughs) You did what the cops cops can't do, but wanted to. You cleaned up those streets. They were so, like, literally, the cop was leaving, and I was like, you've been more respectful in this situation than you needed to be. And he was like, we tried to only get mad at the bad guys, sweetie. You go to bed. (laughs) You know what? You know what could have averted that whole thing if the guy was wearing LA gear? He would have seen him a mile away, (laughs) blinking down the road. uh (laughs) <laughs> so true. Um, okay, second one. I once finished a marathon barefoot while the announcer called me a profane name. What did you do to make him mad? Right? No. So this was the Oklahoma City Marathon. Uh, it might have been my fourth or fifth ever marathon. And I... Oh, um, wow. How many you guys, have you done all together Jesse now, Sarah? How many, I've done nine. That includes a, an ultra. So... Oh, wow. Wow. Eight and an ultra. Oh, wow. 
Cameron, oh, she's just like you, buddy. So Y'all are both Brooks, Brooks, Brooks we are we're going with. The same. Okay. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I'm Brooks. Hundred <laughs> percent. Not, not the, not Sorry, the carbon fiber blades I'm fabricating in my garage. <laughs> I'm listening. You have my attention. Um, yeah, so I was running the Oklahoma City Marathon, and Jesse and Cameron have lived in Oklahoma. You know that the weather in April is iffy at best. Oh man! So at the start line of this marathon, it hailed on us. <laughs> And oh, it rained wow. on us. And then by the like tw- mile 22, I think it was 84 degrees yep. and sunny. Yep. <laughs> really hot. Um, so I, my feet were still like soggy from getting rained on at the beginning of the marathon. And I was getting tired of that. So I pulled over at like mile 24 to take my shoes off. And this one lady was like, come on, you can do it. Don't give up. And I yelled at her. I was so cranky. I was like, I'm not giving up. I just took my shoes off. So, I think you threw the oh shoes at us. Yeah. And the woman I stole the shoes. The police showed up at your house later. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I did. I crossed the finish line with my shoes in my hand and my tank top happened to say BA runner on it. Mm-hmm. Um, happened. This is, a Christ, this is a Christian podcast, but we, we know what we, we, we can follow along with the cues. You know, he's like, hey, I'm crossing with no shoes. Be a runner. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what her shirt says. I'm not calling her. That. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. All right. And lastly, I once served tea to Kevin Costner, even though he won't admit it. Yeah. So this is an argument that my husband and I have as to whether or not I met Kevin Costner because there were no introductions. I was working at a coffee shop in Oklahoma and a guy on a motorcycle came in and he ordered tea. And um, I said, I said, you sound an awful lot like Kevin Costner. Uh, and he said, I get that a lot. And he left. And then later on, some people came in that told me like, yeah, Kevin Costner's here. So did he not take off his helmet? Could you not see his face? He was wearing a hat, like a baseball cap. And I, he was taller. I will say like this person was taller than I had probably would have expected Kevin Costner to be. I don't know. It, it was disorienting. I and, you, and I figured if he wanted to tell me he was Kevin Costner, he would have said it. I don't, I feel like <laughs> Kevin Costner's at the level of celebrity where if it's like, Hey, Kevin Costner, I don't feel like he's getting like mobbed. It's like, Oh, that's cool. It's Kevin Costner. Not at the point where it's like, yeah, I get that a lot. You know, he's a, I wish I yeah, was Kevin kind of Costner. What a, what a handsome devil he is. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it seems like he can just lean into being Kevin Costner. If I was in his shoes, I'd that's just be fair. Kevin Costner. Well, you know? uh, I, I, what do you think, Jesse? Uh, Mark, Mark selected Sarah. What, what do you think? How do you do? She's great. I think, Mark, your job is safe for at least another week. We'll see how you do. Yes. I think this is beginner's luck. Sarah, you were fantastic. Thank you. You were the best, Thanks. Sarah. Thank you for giving our boys some tips on running because I am deeply concerned about camera. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm already breaking down. Hey. It's only been three weeks. <laughs> Sarah, Sarah, real, real quick before you go, stretching's a myth, right? Like, you know. <laughs> I mean, I don't stretch. Old, old no, I like foam stand. rolling. Old lives. Oh, you do the foam rolling? Is that you do I the do. foam rolling afterwards? Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been hearing about that. It's good stuff. Oh, Lord, <laughs> so, what do you what do you do? You sit like on a little foam roller and like go back and forth. What do you do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, get a stick though, and just roll it up and down. And literally, I don't know how much of this you can cut out because this is getting into kind of minutia. But if you can feel on your ankle and your shins lots of bumps and lumps, those are they're called adhesions. It's where your body has sent in scar tissue to really quickly cover up something that you've kind of again broken and torn I apart. Any, I don't have any of that. I don't have any bumps. Okay. <laughs> sure. Sure. But uh, I'm yeah, literally Tara, feeling my okay. calves, my shins Sarah, right now. No, we're good. We're smooth. No. 
You know what you're dealing with here, Sarah. And I have stripes yeah. of Pounding no leg hair as well, by the way. Yeah, yeah. The I, I don't believe wow. in your quote-unquote biology or quote-unquote <laughs> <laughs> My body tells me what I do. It dictates solely. Most of that time, it's eating junk food and sleeping a lot. And, you know, <laughs> Correct. I yeah. listen to... I listen to the body. That's what ancient man did. And that's what I do. <laughs> you know, was it Courtney DeWalt? She won the Moab 240. That's a 240 mm-hmm. mile race. She only slept for like 21 wow. minutes of it. And she eats like candy and beer and nachos. That's, yeah. well, that's like what she Dean, does. What so. is it? Dean Karsniak? Is that his name? Who? Uh, the, the, guy, the ultra marathon dude that ran like 50 marathons in 50 states. I read his book. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. he would like run through fast food places in the middle of the night on his all night runs. Like he would go through Taco <laughs> exactly. Bell. And it's like, no. Same? That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> It yeah. sounds delicious. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for listening, Sarah. And uh, there you yeah. go, everybody. Our listener of the week. Thanks so much. Bye, Sarah. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Well, there you go. What? Cameron, yeah, wait, you're Cameron, injured? You're, you haven't even told us. Really what hurt? in the world? Yeah, literally. Like my left ankle is twice the size of my right ankle. Oof. I heard it last <gasps> Tuesday night. I I went like too far. Like like that was the furthest run I'd done. And and I and I hobbled back home. Like it was like about half a mile from the house. Something just tweaked. And I just hobbled back to the house and it hasn't been right since. And I've been limping and it hasn't gotten any better. And I'm trying to keep it elevated. I slept with an ice pack on it last night and taking a lot of pain meds, but oof, I, I I jacked it up pretty bad. Karen, so, do you have any access to essential oils? What I do is I just dump them all <laughs> in a small vat and I just soak. I just soak in any ailment. I cover all the bases. I don't look at the instructions, you know? My allergy. That's Which ones? Uh, Jesse, can you run down a quick list of your favorites? Patchouli it's oil. He patchouli likes patchouli oil. The honeysuckle dew. Uh, the la- lavender. Uh, Keep lavender. going. You know, I, I don't we know. Had girl, all the, all we had a girl who was married. No, no, no. I need, I need just at least two more. I get, what I do is, I honestly, it's not just essential oils. It's any, it's cooking oil. It's motor oil. It's two yeah. cycle for the weed whacker. It's all in a vat. I stir it up. And I'm just oiled up. I just oil. And at our old office a couple of years ago, we had a girl who worked for us, and she sold essential oils as well. And she sat right in front of my office, and just walking in and out of my office was like walking into a florist shop. I mean, it was just like so overwhelming. All those oils. Man, girls go crazy for him. I don't get it. I got them sitting in my office all the time, right here beside me. I'm not kidding. What? Why? Like, what do you use them for? Yeah, yeah. Give me the lowdown. Sure, pleasure with with pleasure. I'll do that. Curing uh, diseases. Are you selling I... them? Is this gonna is this gonna end in a sales pitch? <laughs> no, no, no. Because I don't sell these puppies. I don't. I, I okay. have a job. I don't need 19 jobs. I have a job. <laughs> um, I am allergic to my desk. Have I told y'all this before? No. <laughs> It is made of pollen. It's what? solid it pollen. Is- <laughs> it is made of pure dairy. Congealed no. pollen. It's uh, very yeah. lightweight, very eco-friendly. but uh, Very yeah, helpful here in Nashville. Yeah. There is something, a friend of mine made me this desk. It's a it's barnwood and something in it, it, it doesn't mix well with my skin. And so I have a diffuser at my desk and I keep like a citrus and a purification, those two oils here. And when I put those in the diffuser, it keeps my um, skin from getting itchy. Mm, so that's weird. I, I don't, I don't know what it is. The desk, weird the desk is, is nothing but pollen and cat hair. I don't know what it could be. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, another, another option, Annie. 
Get a different desk. I don't know. I know, oh Cameron. God. I know. Is Relevant offering to buy me a new desk right here on I mean, on I will give podcast? you my $50 Ikea gift card and you can go get one of those those uh, desks. <laughs> I know. It's just that someone built it for me and I love that it was like handmade for me and we've tried sealing it and we've tried sitting it outside. We've really tried a lot of things and it still makes me itchy. It's awful, That's I know. Funny. All right, well, many thanks to Social Club Misfits for joining us. You can uh, follow them on Twitter at Social Club MSFTS. Uh, check out their new album, Into the Night. It's out now. It's great. You'll love it. Also, thanks to Squarespace for making the episode possible. Go to squarespace.com slash relevant for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your site, use the offer code relevant to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. And uh, thanks to Sarah for joining us. That was fun. Yay, Sarah. Uh, On that note, we'll wrap things up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Chandler Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. And I just want to reiterate, I could, just because I couldn't pardon myself, I never would, but (laughs) I could. (laughs) We agree. I could. It won't come to that. It won't come to that. Right. I won't let it come. Who's next? I'm Tyler Huckabee. And I'm Annie F. Downs. We'll see you next Wednesday. for listening to The Relevant Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from The Relevant Podcast Network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe. I don't believe in your quote unquote biology. Relevant Podcast Network. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.